Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you're a pro, you got to do a little bit of everything. A little. A little. And even a little. And it helps to have something that works as hard as you do. That's why Valspar has a paint for every job, every room, every time. Valspar. You make it happen, we make it possible. Pros, head to Lowe's today and talk to a pro rep about getting up to 10 free gallons of Valspar through a paint trial program. Exclusions apply. See ValsparPro.com for details. Comcast Business gets you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11 15, 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon, so if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a Rate Shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome. But with help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free. It's confidential. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you're not alone. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! I'm a little teapot, short and stout. 
Here is my handle and here is my spell. Nada, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. And welcome to the program. I am Rick Robinson, and you are listening to Juxtaposition right here live on KLR and Radio, America's Podcast Network. This is our every other week dive into the paranormal, the extraordinary, and tonight with my good friend and co-host, the Amish one, who jinxed himself the other night about how well he was doing with his Twitter account. We're going to be discussing. <laughs> we're going to be discussing Atlantis. Good evening, sir. How are you? <laughs> Attica. Attica. I'm good. I'm in Twitmo, but I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I honestly thought I honestly thought about trying to find some like radio frequency interference sound and stuff, and have that kind of coming in right as I was starting to talk to you, so we could pretend you're broadcasting live from Twitmo. I just couldn't figure out a yeah. way to make it work, with since we're both going to be talking. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. I it allows me to catch up on my DMs. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty much all you can If right you now. haven't heard, I, I have been. I'm in a. I'm in a week lockdown on Twitter for using a account's name in proper context, and we won't. We don't need to go into it any more than that. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't want to give anybody else any more airtime. All right, so anyway, so this is something that we have talked about doing for a long time, and we've we've pushed it back, we've pushed it over, and I figured, what the hell, we might as well start off 2020 with a bang. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about Atlantis tonight. There's a lot of things about Atlantis, so this is going to be one of those, probably the shows that every once in a while we will circle back around, find guests that want to talk about it. But for tonight, we're just going to kind of give you our takes on Atlantis. Um, and honestly, as soon as I can remember where I put it, I have an audio clip I want to play here. If nothing else, I know one room I can for, for, for sure find it in. So let's go ahead and cue that up right now. Hang on. Yeah, you really screwed me up with that. And now I'm going to be mixing Earth Atlantis versus Stargate Atlantis. And yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, was, yeah. it was a very recognizable theme, sir. That's why I went with it. Don't judge me. Of course. Why are you judging me? I'm, just I'm not judging you. Play the clip. I don't know. Sounds like you're judging to me. All right. Hang on. I got to reload clip. it. There's a commercial. Hang on. All right. Here we go. The lost city of Atlantis was said to be the world's first advanced civilization. A powerful, rich kingdom. Most people think of Atlantis as a very highly technologically advanced civilization that might have had space travel, might have had automobiles, submarines. Legend says 12,000 years ago, it disappeared suddenly in a single day and night. The theories of its location range from just off the coast of Ireland 
to the Azor Islands, 900 miles west of southern Europe, even Antarctica. In Nazi Germany, many believe the Aryan master race were descendants of the Atlanteans. Among them, Heinrich Himmler, head of the secret police, the Gestapo. He sent expeditions everywhere, from Tibet to Greenland, looking for the ancient civilization. Then, in 1940, one man made an astonishing prophecy. His name is Edgar Cayce, a renowned psychic. In one of his readings, he predicts Atlantis will be discovered in the Bahamas. Then, in 1968, biologist J. Manson Valentine is scuba diving in the Bahamas when he discovers an enormous, seemingly man-made structure. The Bimini Road. Many believe Atlantis had been found at last. But many geologists insist the Bimini Road is simply a natural formation. When you first look at the Bimini Road, it does look a lot like some kind of artificial structure. But that impression uh, comes from the, the wrong idea that in nature you're not actually going to find a lot of straight lines and, and highly ordered structure. The reality is you can find these all over the place. Look at crystals, look at different sorts of uh, basalt formations. But stories of the lost city continue to intrigue explorers across the globe. The search continues. So there's a little bit of the uh, opening kind of story of Atlantis, and what we're going to be talking about today is, was there actually an Atlantis? Is it a myth? Is it a legend? Is it a true story? Um, and we're just going to kind of dive in all over the place, so... Uh, I don't know, man. Where do you want to go first? I lose Ordy. Says he's here. <laughs> he's sorry, here. sorry. I, I muted because I was sneezing and I forgot to unmute. No, I mean, the best place to start with Atlantis is to, you know, go where the first record of it, and that's with Plato. See, see this, is why, this is why we do this so well, because that's actually what I already had pulled up. Um, so for <laughs> those of you who aren't aware... Uh, the first writings regarding Atlantis were actually from uh, dialogues written by Plato. Uh, they were the dialogues of Timaeus and Creatus. Uh, it's been an object of fascination among Western philosophers and historians for nearly 2,400 years. Um, Plato describes it as a powerful and advanced kingdom that sank in a night and a day into the ocean around 9600 BC. The ancient Greeks were divided as to whether Plato's story was to be taken as history or mere metaphor. Since the 19th century, there has been a renewed interest linking Plato's Atlantis to historical locations, most commonly the Greek island of Santorini, which was destroyed by a volcanic eruption around 1600 BC. Yeah, and it's with the mythology, or at least where people speculate, because if you take Plato's description of it beyond the pillars of hercules which is known as the which we know as the strait of gibraltar um that <laughs> leaves the whole rest of the earth whether it's north america antarctica um you know it's like i said in the um in the blurb we played you know the caribbean is it a sunken continent in the middle of the atlantic is i mean it is it ireland is it you know it it there's a lot of theories of where it could be and what it actually is. But the historical point in time is between 20 to 16,000 years ago. It was three, it was 9,000 years before Plato told the story. He said he heard the story from his grandfather who heard it from, who heard it from, who heard it from going back. So it's an oral tradition going down through history. Everybody says along the way, they wish they had written it down, but they didn't. So, There you go. <laughs> so another little interesting thing, a little tidbit that I found, which I thought was interesting. Apparently in 1679, there was a Swedish scientist. I'm probably going to butcher his name, but we're going to try it anyway. Alas uh, Rudbeck published 
Iceland, a four-volume work in which he attempted to prove that Sweden was the original site of Atlantis and that all human languages were descended from Swedish. Though considered authoritative in his homeland, nobody else gave a damn. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I cannot see all languages descending from Swedish. I just... It, 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 it gets too Swedish chef in my head once you start to break it out or, you know, the further you get from Sweden, it, I, I'm not – that no. That one I'm not going with. That one I am going to put no on. <laughs> so what you're saying is when people from Sweden talk, you hear Yorgishmorgat turkey bird? Well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, Finland doesn't exist and Sweden, Sweden is not Atlantis. That much I can tell you. Nice. Oh, so, um, so it's interesting because I noticed Alan in the chat talking about the theory that we've been through multiple dark ages. Uh, the more I see history starting to repeat itself, the more veracity I give that particular theory. Um, the funny thing is, for a while, um, Atlantis kind of went into its own version of the Dark Ages. Nobody was really talking about it anymore. But in the first centuries of the Christian era, Aristotle was taken in his word and Atlantis was uh, little discussed. In 1627, the English philosopher and scientist Francis Bacon published a utopian novel titled The New Atlantis, depicting, like Plato before him, a politically and scientifically advanced society on a previously unknown oceanic island in 1882. Um... Former U.S. Congressman Ignatius L. Donnelly published Atlantis, the Antiluvian World, which touched off a frenzy of works attempting to locate and learn from a historical Atlantis. Donnelly hypothesized an advanced civilization whose immigrants had populated much of ancient Europe, Africa, and the Americas. So some of this stuff, is, I mean, you, you see it all through writings and historic, and just, just in general, this whole idea of, you know, a suddenly vanish say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Very advanced society. I don't know. I, I, there's just something about that that seems to pique everybody's interest. It, it's Donnelly's take is how we think of modern Atlantis. You know, much in the same way that Bram Stoker's take is how we think of modern vampires and not the sparkly ones. But Donnelly's take is that you know they're an advanced undersea kingdom you know they've developed spaceships and submarines and you know they have great military power led by philosopher kings but if you read plato's description the atlanteans during their fall during their peak they would they would if they were to come out today they would murder us and enslave us that's I mean they were very they would look at us as ants and treat us as pets is it, Plato's take on the Atlantean as as to their fall and that is why in a day and a night Zeus decided to wipe them out. Yeah. Um, so something else that I thought was interesting is there are several different takes on the story of Atlantis. So I've narrowed it down to uh, what I found that kind of outlines the top six theories about Atlantis. Um, these are the most commonly widespread ones, and this one's the one we've kind of been going uh, talking about already. Atlantis was a mid-Atlantic continent that suddenly sank into the ocean. That's the top one. Um, we've kind of been going into that one. Uh, number two is probably my, probably my favorite. Atlantis was swallowed by the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> That's, you know, we're, we're, we're mixing... Uh... We're mixing topics. But as we've talked about in the past, everything is in a really – I mean even going back to your first episode of you know, when, you know, when did UFOs become accepted and why weren't we given the message? Uh, everything seems to be tied in. And tying it into the Bermuda Triangle, that actually goes a little bit with Edgar Casey's prediction too that it would rise from the Caribbean. So I like that one. 
Yeah, the funny thing is this is actually uh, widely inspired by Donnelly, the guy that we were just talking about. Uh, many writers who later picked up on his ideas of Atlantis expanded on his theories and added their own speculations as to where Atlantis may have been. One of these was Charles Berlitz, uh, probably butchering his name as well, uh, grandson of the founder of the well-known language schools and author of many books on paranormal phenomena in, 19, in the 1970s. He claimed Atlantis was a real continent located off of the Bahamas that had fallen victim to the notorious Bermuda Triangle, a region of the Atlantic where a number of ships had supposedly disappeared under mysterious circumstances. For those of you who don't know, we did an, an entire episode on Bermuda Triangle a few episodes back, so you can go find it in the archives. But that's, I, I don't know, Any anytime you can take two major legends and combine them, I'm in. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, it, it. It makes it easier to swallow both, but then they start to get muddled and muddied. I, I like the concept of that, but I, I'm, I'm not a fan. You know, it, it's like with uh, Charles Hapgood's theory that Atlantis was Antarctica. Now we do know that at one point Antarctica was not where it is now, and that it was actually quite nice and livable. But we're talking. Hundreds of millions of years in the past, not twenty thousand years ago. So that one, I'm, I, I, I don't know, but this one only became, it came about in 1958, and Earth, in his book Earth Shift and Crust, and at that time, plate tectonics was considered fringe science. So we going back to you know something that Al was talking about, and I did this for free with plate tectonics. Um, it, it, it was an unknown science at the time, so that gives that one a bit of more credibility than it was given at the time. Yeah, no, and it's funny. I'm sorry, I was getting caught up in the chat, and Al's talking about he's looking for an Atlantean Anunnaki connection. That could be interesting. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's um, – That's plausible. If, if you if you understand the story of the Anunnaki, which we're going to have to do in an episode later, of course, um, then the Atlantean presence makes complete and total sense that it would be you – know, I think that actually if you were to take a little bit of Stargate Atlantis, that is a hybrid of the two theories. Pretty much. And the third one too with it being in Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> So another one um, that I thought was kind of interesting, and uh, there's the the story that Atlantis was a mythical retailing of the uh, Black Sea flood, which a lot of people uh, give credit to as the flood from the Bible. Um, so I thought that one was kind of interesting. Uh, Atlantis is the story of the Minoan civilization, which is number five, which flourished in the Greek islands circa 2500 uh, to 1600 BC. Um, that actually contradicts Plato himself because Plato did another dialogue about Minoan, about Minoa. So I, I'm not – I think that one's just kind of trying to find a reason. But that is the one that includes the island of Santorini. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also number six, which would make number five completely viable. Atlantis didn't exist, and Plato, Plato lies like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> which, and that is where most historians and scientists fall, except for archaeologists. And I can, it, it's something, I, I can't do the whole thing justice because I stumbled upon it right before showtime. I, and I can only give a Cliff's condensed version of it. Um, and I would rather do that in the second hour or the second half because it's it's a little bit more involved. I was going to say second hour. Did I miss a memo? It's going to say. Sorry. I I, yeah, we're, we're we're taking it to the next level of coast to coast. We're not doing four hours yet, but I've we're, I've made a decision. We're going into two hours. <laughs> have fun doing that by yourself. I'll be asleep. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, actually, you know what? We might as well. We're getting pretty close. Let's go ahead and take the break a little bit early. That gives us more time to finish up. That way we're not trying to scramble. Um, okay. That is, of course, if I can remember to actually load up what I wanted to use for the bumper. Yes. Uh, for Ron in the chat, Santorini caught blame for parting the Red Sea in Exodus 2. Uh, it, it was a very cataclysmic event 
in the Mediterranean that probably is the origin of a lot of um, pre-current era shenanigans, shall we say, because the timing and tales get muddled over a few thousand years. We're talking several thousand years that all of this occurred in that we think of as just as a few minutes. Well, that's because to us it seems like it's been a few minutes. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take the break a few minutes early, folks, just to give us some more time to finish things up on the back end. This is Rick Robinson. You are listening to Juxtaposition right here on the every other Friday non-political edition of KLRN Radio. Hope you guys have enjoyed the newest edition of that lineup in the crease with our good buddy Jeff, who is coming along quite nicely and putting a show together and actually seems to be finding his show legs. Um, And then there's Al, who makes all of us look like we're a bunch of scrubs. We'll see you guys in just a few. (laughs) So why are you letting other people tell you what's best for your health care? Exercise your freedom with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a community of people who voluntarily share one another's medical costs. Liberty HealthShare is founded on the idea that most people truly want to help one another. Healthcare sharing allows members to do just that as a true community that supports one another in times of need. Liberty believes people should make decisions for themselves and their families. Members are able to take back the freedom to make their own decisions about their health care. Freedom from guilt or doubt about how your money is used. You have the freedom to direct your health care not to be dictated to by bureaucrats. Stop letting others tell you what to do and join a community of like-minded people. Exercise your freedom. Join Liberty HealthShare and take back the control of your health care while helping those around you. Call Liberty at 855-58-LIBERTY. Again, that's 855-58-L-I-B-E-R-T-Y for more information, or you can check them out at libertyhealthshare.org. Again, that's libertyhealthshare.org. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm. But even then, he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree, too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
$1,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Juxtaposition. You know, I know we say this a lot, but I'm really starting to dig these more non-political nights that we have. Like, Thursday's kind of shaping up to really have become non-political since Jen and I don't do a show on Thursday nights anymore. Um, And I honestly, I think when she gets the Misfits going, I mean, I don't think it'll be, I think it'll be another one of those shows that's not, probably maybe 70-30 non-political. So I'm kind of digging the politics versus the non-politics vibe that we have going on lately. Um, And I I know you've said this a lot, but I really enjoy the show, so I'm really glad that you decided to come on this crazy ride with me, because I know in the beginning you were like, dude, they've never done this style of show with a co-host, and I don't think it'll work. And then we did one, and you're like, I'm hooked. I'm cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you probably is. we've done a lot of shows, and still the Mandela Effect one, I, that's Dude, still my favorite one, even though I was just a guest, because one, we referenced the hell out of it, and two, a lot of that still gives me the chills. People are still talking about that one. That That's honestly when I realized that we had, I mean, honestly, this at some point could actually become even bigger than some of the political shows we do, because we do episodes on this show and people are talking about them like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve weeks later. We do political shows and because... The news cycle moves so fast now, it's like people's attention spans move with the news cycle. So we can do a really good political show, and then a news story breaks, and everybody's like, yeah, that was five minutes ago. Where are you at now? <laughs> yeah, they, they, our, our listeners do love when we do the uh, MST3K version of the debates, though. So that, as as politics go, they do talk about that one for a while, too. So Yeah, honestly... That was something I came up with strictly as an idea to kill time because everybody was like, well, we need to do debate shows, but we're kind of bored with doing debate shows because it's you know, <laughs> they're doing like 11 of them. And then I was like, well, what if we do this? And then I have gotten – that and juxtaposition are probably the two things that I have gotten the most positive feedback on in the 11 years that I have been doing internet broadcasting, which is kind of funny. But anyway – and I'm amazed at the traffic we get with Cyber Wars too. I, I, I knew that show would be good for a couple weeks. I didn't think that it would be getting the the notice that it's getting. And I think with the new format we're doing and having Jeff on board and doing it weekly on Mondays, uh, that's a blast to do too. And again, it's not really political. It's more deep dive politics than politics of the day. And also, you know, my favorite part of it is helping you, you know, protecting yourself from you. Because that- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's my job. That's what I do for a living. Because it's my job. All right. Speaking of your job, we talked about it on break. You were going to take lead on the next segment because you have a, a video that you watched that I hadn't seen. So. Yeah, it, actually, when I was going down the rabbit hole of uh, shows that of um, notes that 
you you know we I clicked on this one and I I just had enough time to watch it. And this one, it it probably is one of my favorite. It doesn't lend itself to the mystery of Atlantis, but it in the telling of it, it shows that Plato was right and historians are wrong. And archaeologists have known this all along. It's that whole one science neglecting to pay attention to another, much the same way that when you hear me go on about climate change, the geological record refutes everything that that the climatologist says is going to happen. But anyway, so about 20,000 years ago, there was a tribe of people living in the Atlas Mountains in western Africa, northwestern Africa, called the Atlantes. Now – the people who lived there, um, they were hunters. They were great with bows. They they were very – they were nomadic, but they were very organized. And about 16,000 years ago, there was a geological event called the Little Dryads where before this happened – the Sahara was drier than it is now, but the Atlas Mountains were wetter. And during this event, the Atlas Mountains got very dry, driving the people out of them. And to, at, at about 16,000 years ago, all, re- all record of the people who lived there is gone. They didn't exist there anymore. And it was thought that they were wiped out by this uh, climatic event. The theories is that they the first thing they came across was the Libyan desert. Well, that's just like what they left. So they're not stopping there. They keep going, and the first people they would have encountered were the Nile Delta people. And at this time, you had the Quidan, the Celeban, and the – I'm going to butcher this – the Natufan. The Quidan and the Celeban were wiped out by the – you know, we'll call them Atlantes, but their actual name now, what they are known by uh, – archaeologists is and i am really going to butcher this is the hang on uh, anyway I, i've lost it i had it in my notes and i can't find it in my notes but so they moved into the area about nine thousand years before plato and they wiped out the egyptians the what the people of egypt who survived went into the eastern mediterranean and founded the city of Jericho with its large walls and its lookout tower. This was actually the largest building on the planet for 5,000 years. <laughs> and uh, they eventually came back. In this time, they were in, the, they were in Egypt for about 1,000 years. It is believed that they came across what would, were proto-Athenians, um, who in the story of Atlantis – the Atlanteans lost the war with the Athenians, and a lot of this was attributed to Plato being an Athenian and saying, yeah, you know, our city-state rules. But archaeologically, they got drug, drove out by the Atlanteans, and then they went back to where they had whence came from. Now, the reason why this is believable is that the area that where they came from – Archaeologically, if you take the description of Plato, it doesn't make sense that outside the Pillars of Hercules were inaccessible mudflats that prevented you from going any farther. Being in the middle of the Atlantic, that doesn't make sense. But if you follow the African coast down to the south, you do hit that geological feature. And then if you were to get out of your ships and then go walk inland, you will find a geological feature on the Adar Plateau – called the Rishat structure, and I'm going to put this into chat, a satellite picture of it. And this is basically Plato's description of Atlantis. It has the multiple rings. It looks like it had a great moat, um, large islands in the, you know, rings, ringed islands in it, kind of like how they said, well, this is why Santorini makes sense. But when you look at this natural geologic structure, this fits Plato's description to a T. So this is the theory that I am clinging to right now. I actually like this. Well, look at you all bringing, like, visual aids and stuff to radio. <laughs> no, right? Yeah, I bring visual aids. If we didn't have chat, that whole this I would have just left this thing off. But being able to post this into chat um, 
so that way, I, you know, the people listening could see it. Yeah, it does. It, it matches Plato's description to a T. So the funny thing is, you know, as this stuff evolves and we eventually, you know, get better, better, better equipment and get a few things set up and we actually start doing video type stuff, eventually you'll be the guy on the whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make me Glenn Beck? Uh, I wasn't going to say Glenn Beck, but, you know, if you want to be crazy Mormon, you can do that. I mean, you're already Amish. That's weird enough, right? (laughs) (laughs) But but no, I mean, honestly, as as theories go, I I do like that one, too. Yeah, this geologic feature is actually known as the Eye of Africa. And it kind of, this um, plays into the new modern myths of Atlantis where it's actually in Africa itself and not in the ocean. Okay, I think Aquaman makes that reference and or at least you know the way to Atlantis is in the desert. Yeah, I I I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned that just now, but you're right. They had to go so yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Um Did I steal your thunder giving the one that kind of makes the most sense? No. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, though, because I hadn't actually – That's I'm kind of going back over what you were saying because I hadn't actually really seen that one yet. Um, that was not one of the ones that I found, or if at least if, if it was in the notes that I was going through, I hadn't really paid that much attention to that one. But I, I don't know. I mean, it, it does fit. It tracks well. The description's the same. Uh, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I I mean, it's the, – the story, you know, a lot of it too comes from the fact of a mis – you know, a lot of where, it, you know, people think that it's myth and not legend and Plato was using it as an allegory to tell a story about um, responsible government and if you, you know, if you become too powerful and cruel, you know, gods will take you down. And then later stories turn it into gods love giving them this beautiful city. But a lot of that comes from Jean-Petit Joseph Langre. He made an error in linking two distinct separate quotes from Aristotle and thought they were the same one. And in it, the way that he translated was Aristotle saying he did not believe that Atlantis was real. In fact, Aristotle did believe Atlantis was real, and he very much thought that it was historical, and you can see that in much of his collective works. So, but because of this mistranslation by Jean Langre, it it gave the academic community a leg to stand on to say, "Oh, it's just a fable." Well, I mean, let's face it. You know, for for scientists, you know, being these great explorers and trying to find out, you know, the truth about things, they they really, I mean, science is as much religion as any other religion, and if you. If you're not in the group, they don't think you're worth a damn. It's kind of the same as everything else. I mean, politics has become its own religion. Science is basically its own religion. And it's just, it's all about groupthink. Yeah, it's, you know, every every group likes to cling to its dogma. Science, more so than that. That's the one thing about archaeology is that they're all... It's what I like about the archaeologists is that, you know, they're always out there to try and disprove, you know, the common belief, you know, because they always want to believe that man goes further back. So they want to find the artifacts that, you know, they want to find the proof that, you know, civilization is older than we know it. And this gets back into what, you know, we were talking about in the first half of the show of there being multiple dark ages through time that, you know, man, mankind gets so far ahead and then Mother Nature says, no, you got to take a step back and we're going to hit you with plagues or floods or volcanoes. And it's, you're just you're moving too fast. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of moving too fast or maybe taking things a little bit too far, uh, there was an interesting footnote that I found about one of the theories of Atlantis. Um, and I this seems like as good a time as any to bring it up. Um, there is a theory that Atlantis has an extraterrestrial connection. Stories also claim that the original inhabitants of the lost city of Atlantis are believed to be of extraterrestrial origin. 
they reached the city about 50,000 years ago. And the weird thing is, they go into some really big detail. Like, they even know the name of the system they supposedly came from. The Lyrian, they came from the Lyrian star system. Despite being much taller and fairer than today's average human being, the average lifespan of these people is believed to have been 800 years, making them really robust and strong prototypes of ex- of existent uh, of the existent human race. Then, and that <laughs> excuse me, and that goes with the once again Stargate Atlantis, um, Anunnaki. Of you know, if you know the story of the Anunnaki, they came to Earth from Mars. Various, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean that that it's reaching. It really is. As much as I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, think about this for a second. Just just go with me here. So, okay. Atlantis is a city populated by aliens, swallowed by the Bermuda Triangle. Come on, it's the trifecta. Bound by Nazis. <laughs> Wait, I thought that was the... Never mind. I was going to say, I thought no, that was that, the moon, but that was just crappy no, sci-fi. <laughs> that's the hollow earth in Antarctica. Actually, you know, we could do a thing on Nazis in Antarctica, too. That's that's a, that's a fun one. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's... Let's run with that one. I mean, it's... It, it's, uh, it, it's got... It's definitely got a... I don't know. Now I'm kind of now I'm kind of toying with the idea of putting together like a short story about that. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> now the other thing about the the Atlantes that I had uh, mentioned in um in you know the theory that I had found is that they they would have been they would have not been recognized by the Nile residents. They were taller. They had different shaped skulls. They basically had different DNA, even though we share 99% of the same DNA as a banana. These were a different form of humanid than what resided in the Nile Delta. Hominid. I'm sorry. I lost you there for a second. What was that last part? Okay. Which part? Was that they were a different um, species of hominid? Yeah, that that, that I, all I heard was something nid, and I'm like, uh huh. But yeah, now it makes yeah. sense. Okay, yeah. So and that, and that was you know, in the in the stories of Atlantis, they were a, you know, different. You know, they 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 looked more evolved, and like I said, the, them being hunter gatherers and. The, the Nile Delta people um, just basically living in half underground huts and foraging, the, um, they, they were just completely wiped out. This was actually the first war. The first known uh, semblance of warfare was uh, when the Nile Delta residents were moved out by the Atlantes. So there, there, the, that was the – interesting. I didn't know that either. So that was the first war? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if you count the uh, Hindu texts, but so what you say? So what you're saying is, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, fair-haired, skin hominids have been trying to rule the earth forever. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, bad bad reference to the Nazis. My bad. (laughs) So. I guess one of the other uh, things to consider when it comes to Atlantis, um, because if it is a fable, much like other legends, is it based on uh, some form of real event? While many, while many still consider the lost city of Atlantis uh, as just a legend, there are many conspiracy theories doing the round suggesting that the fable is actually based on real events. Ocean explorer Robert Ballard finds logic in the story, as it has similarities with a massive volcanic eruption in the island of Santorini in the Aegean Sea near Greece. Ballard says, A highly advanced society lived there, disappeared suddenly, as happened with the Atlanteans. Similarly, Ignatius Donnelly also confirmed the existence and disappearance of a mid-Atlantic continent that was in the exact location that Plato mentioned. As the debate goes on, few researchers claim that this utopian kingdom was a real continent located off the Bahamas, and it was followed by the Bermuda Triangle. So some of this is a rehash of what we've already gone over. But, you know, we've said this before, like, you know, with uh, Stoker's take on Dracula, the ones that don't sparkle, um, and everybody else. But 
legend is a legend for a reason. There's probably at least a kernel of truth in there somewhere. It, there is a, to all mythology. Yeah, it's. I just um, as it was as was said by Plato that this was an oral tradition handed down, hand, you know, from his grandfather and down. All myth, all oral traditions start with a kernel of truth. Now, generations of embellishment may change that, but one thing with oral traditions is that if you have enough different families of the same story, you can get back to the kernel of truth. No, exactly, because the problem with oral traditions is it basically becomes a generational version of the telephone game. Right. Because somebody's going to misremember something and say it wrong. But, you know, and, you know, the the funny thing is, and this is something that I was going to talk to you about anyway, because I think we could probably do a pretty interesting um, show about it sometime, and uh, or not. I hadn't even really talked to you about it yet, but I was thinking, because when we were knocking around ideas for what we were going to do next, I was like, so, and this is something that's always kind of fascinated me. What if the idea of Star Wars isn't actually fictional? What if all of the stuff that is talked about through the guy that, you know, George Lucas murdered and stole the script from um, was was actually based in uh, some form of long ago storytelling? Uh, I mean, in you know, I mean, because there are people that have actually postulated postulated that. So that may be something that I might actually want to dig into sometime just for fun, just to see what we could come up with. Because the funny thing oh, is absolutely. when you start digging into the, the the modern day traditions of the stories that we tell, you can actually find ties into older historical events. Uh, much like the one that we're talking about right now. Um, everybody agrees that there was an island that at one point was basically swallowed by a volcano and disappeared within about a day, day and a half. Was it Atlantis? Was it not Atlantis? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, that would, I would definitely love to do that one for sure. I mean, that's... It, it's much better... It's a much better story than Roddenberry's space socialism. Um and yeah, it's full of a lot of tropes, and it's just basically a western. But no, I mean that's it's an interesting theory. I've seen rumblings about that on the internet too, and I would like to track that down as well. Jeff's like we should do that one uh, on May the first. That way we can do it right. Okay. Before, <laughs> that way we can do it right right before May fourth. You know, May the fourth. <laughs> Jess and Chad, drag that douche Lucas. Oh, he's getting drugged. Dude, every, everybody knows he did, he's not the one that came up with these stories. At this point, you don't even, you don't, that's not even a debatable thing anymore because it went from this really thought-out, well-orchestrated, complete, like, story and universe and this, like, just this rich tapestry to, oh, what do I do now? <laughs> right. Yeah, I've talked about this on Culture Shift, and I, I, I saw it in uh, – I think it was in the Chat Lives Matter chat, or it was a, it was on Twitter where it's like um, they were pitching the uh, the Force Awakens. It's like okay, it, it opens on a desert planet with two suns and our hero, and you know the producer goes, wait, 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 is this New Hope? And the script pitcher goes, no, it's a chick. Oh, okay, let's do it then. Pretty much because <laughs> it's basically <laughs> Force the, Awakens and New Hope. The weirdest thing is, it's like half the people that saw the movie didn't even notice that. That was honestly one of the things that ticked me off from the very beginning. Is they basically redid a New Hope with a slightly bigger bad guy weapon and a chick as the main character. And oh, it's, okay, so there's a droid with plans of a planet killing battle station. Okay, this is New Hope. No, because it's got a chick in the lead. <laughs> and the and the and the and the droid is a rolly ball, not a not a trash can. So right. no, it's not it's not the same movie. Um, but honestly, I don't. I'm, and again, no spoilers. But I and I'm probably going to catch a little bit of heck for this for the folks in the chat. But having seen um, the latest Star Wars movie now twice because I went with my boys 
and a friend of mine from work who his family hates Star Wars so it kind of became an annual tradition and then two days later I went with the wife because she hadn't seen it yet short of the force being used to fill in a lot of plot holes and it doing things it's never been able to do before I honestly have to commend J.J. Abrams for taking a complete and total dumpster fire and at least closing it out somewhat decently (laughs) so he didn't actually put the dumpster fire out he just got it smoldering and sent it on its way I mean he didn't there, there was just too much that he couldn't do and this is and this is my problem because it, it honestly kind of worked out well the way that it wound up happening, but some of the scenes that you're seeing in this latest movie were actually supposed to be part of the first and the second movie, and those were some of the mo- the scenes with Carrie Fisher in them. But they, they wound up being cut from both of the other movies, and J.J. Abrams found a way to make them work in this movie, so there's a bunch of scenes that if they were in the movies that they were supposed to be in, wouldn't wouldn't have made the original story seem quite so unbelievable, like the fact that somebody who's never even had an ounce of force training is suddenly fighting the big bat to a standstill. Right. And again, I'm not going to give any spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, but you will see scenes in this movie that actually were supposed to be in the first movie, and it will all then make sense. Which is another reason why I've kind of decided it didn't suck as much as I thought it did, because knowing that they were at least trying to show some character development in the first movie, and for some reason they decided they didn't need to, and then just used it again later. Yeah, yeah, but Jim Abrams did that one too, so that's his own fault. This is him putting out the dumpster fire that he lit in the first place. Well, I, so here, here's here's the thing with that, right? So J.J. Abrams gets to do episode seven. Um, and then it sucks so bad they get rid of J.J. Abrams. So the guy that comes in to do the one in the middle just says, screw it. We're taking everything J.J. Abrams did. We're tossing it out a window. It's like... They're, no, they're no, no, no. Just- let, let me stop you there. We're taking everything J.J. Abrams and George Lucas did and tossing it out the window. Well, no. Disney did that when they decided it couldn't be canon. Any- that, that, that nothing besides their stuff was canon anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so they did that for him. But anyway, so it, it was just weird because it was like there was the potential for there to be this great arcing story again, which we didn't really get with episodes one, two, and three like we expected. Because that's why Lucas kept saying, well, we're not doing these yet because I want to make sure they're just right. And then so I waited 25 years to get Jar Jar Binks. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that, that's funny, though, because my wife and I talk about that all the time. She likes the cute characters, like the cute little character that's in the last one, the little midget dude. She absolutely loves that guy. I'm like, he's an idiot. But she absolutely loves Jar Jar Binks, too. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a chick thing. But anyway, kind of digress. No. No, it's – I yeah. Yeah. What do you think of The Expanse Season 3? Four. Four. I absolutely loved it. I, See, a lot of people – a lot of people didn't. I, I concluded it the other night. I thought it was fantastic. I really did. I don't know what they didn't like, though. I mean, it 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 it, it was amazing. I mean, I haven't. There hasn't. Other than the first season, which seems which took a little bit for me to get into, which is not that uncommon because for a brand new show, you're learning characters. They're learning characters, so they're not quite sure how they're yeah. going to play them quite yet either. And I mean, hell, if you there's a lot of exposition in the first season, I will. I, w- I will agree to that. But, I mean, it's no different than any other new show. I mean, hell, it took uh, the the guys playing the characters in Next Generation didn't actually start seeming like the actual characters until season three um, because it was just a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, I was... I was uh, uh, having watched all tracks, all tracks take four seasons to not suck. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, no, The Expanse was fantastic, and I just started watching Lost in Space, and I like where it's going to. See, I I, I actually liked season two of Lost in Space more than I, more than the first one. The the first, I mean, don't get me wrong, I thought the first season was good. The one thing that that I will say right now, I want to take every single Netflix showrunner and punch them in the nuts. <laughs> I, I will say this. I, I watched episode two of it last night without too many spoilers. Uh, if, if you know who Toby Stevens is, he plays the dad in the new Lost in Space. He also played the main character in Black Sails. So in season two where they have to make 
a sailboat, I found that hilarious. I was wondering if I was the only one that thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, Toby Stevens is a fantastic actor. I, I, I like him doing sci-fi and fantasy more than anything else he's done. Yeah, but no, it's like, you know, with The Witcher and now with both seasons of Lost in Space, and I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago because it, it still pisses me off, but it's like they get to the point where the story arc is about at its zenith and then suddenly it's, bam, season's over. I'm like, what? Ha, that's not how this is supposed to work. There's well, so- I mean, that's how, it, that's how it works with regular TV when you have a mid-season break. But these shows aren't doing that. They're doing the sci-fi model where they take 18 months off. I know. I could live with it. Like, if it that was- episode's been taking 18 months off. That's not – like, you, could- you don't end a show like that. I could live with it if it was a mid-season break and there was going to be more more shows on in maybe, say, two, three, maybe even four weeks tops. But to go, oh, here's ten episodes. We're only going to explain half the story. Then we're going to come back 18 months later and we're going to be nine months further along than we were when we left ten episodes ago. But good luck, which is the same thing that happened. with. But, and that was honestly the only thing about Lost in Space that ticked me off this last time is there's like this huge gap between what happened at the end of season one and where season two picks up. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm missing pieces here. What happened? Yeah. I, yeah. Like I said, I just started it the other night and I was annoyed at that too. It's like, okay, wait. And you can't make references to the last episode without saying, well, what happened? And, you know, why does he keep expecting the robot to show up? And it just, <laughs> you, 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 you left holes. Well, honestly, the why he keeps expecting the robot to show up will be explained later. No spoilers. Okay. Um, All right, no spoiler. But, yes. but anyway, <laughs> go see Lost Space. Um, really, I really recommend The Expanse. I know Al's reading the books now. And but it's. I wish I had more time. I would love to read the books, but I I would need to like have forty eight hour days to make that happen. Even with as much as I've cut back, because there's so many other things I'm still trying to do. <laughs> We're just in other directions. But what else you got? You got anything else before we sign out? I don't know. I mean, at this point, uh, one thing I will say is um, honestly, maybe we should start doing that. We should put a um, maybe put a poll out like maybe the day after we air the show with like the next two or three topics that we're thinking about and let the audience pick once in a while. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, that's cool. I mean, we got, I mean, we could definitely do that and we can, you know, do, it'll give us an idea where to lend our research to. Cause I mean, I started refreshing myself on, um, number stations again, the, uh, black Knight uh, satellite and other things, just in case we didn't narrow down a topic, um, like we did. Well, honestly, we're still coming back. From, we're still coming back from the holidays, and we've still got you know the fog of war on us. Yeah, because honestly, I was like, I realized it the other day. I was like, we haven't picked the topic yet, and that was like, like Al was in the chat at the beginning of the show. Was like, I wish you would have told me. I was like, dude, we didn't decide this till like today <laughs> because yeah. it was like, hey, I forgot I have all these notes. Why don't we use those? Because I had all the links from when we were going to do it before, and then you were like, well, I'm still watching Atlantis, so we should probably not do that right now. And then I screwed you up <laughs> with using the music. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's fine, though. And, and actually, I did – that was my reason, too, because I was in the middle of rewatching Stargate Atlantis, and I would have come into this mixing mythology I because my brain was just in Atlantis at the time. So, but eh. – Yeah. Our audience, yeah. our audience loves you. They would, they would have forgiven you, so it wouldn't have been that big a deal. All right. So believe it or not, my friend, we're back to the top of the hour. I would say give out your stuff, but nobody can talk to you on Twitter right now. <laughs> right, nobody can talk to me on Twitter, but um, we're hoping to have the new website up in the next couple weeks, hopefully even sooner. And Jeff and Lou have been my uh, cohorts on Cyber Wars have been a great help with that. And um, there we go. All right, folks, we're going to get out of here. Hope you guys enjoyed the non-political, uh, politics-free palooza. I don't know. we got to figure out something to call this thing. But it's been nice. I kind of enjoy the nights when I don't have to worry about yelling at stupid people about politics. Um, but we're going to get out of here. I will be back Tuesday night. Um, and I guess Ordy will be back Monday night with Cyber Wars. Yeah. 
See you guys then. Free streaming service from NBC Universal that's got live sports. From the U.S. Open Golf Championship to the Premier League. Oh, glorious! An NFL wildcard game to the Olympics. That is an Olympic gold medal. Plus much more, like must-see docs and must-watch highlights. It's heart-stuffing, blood-rushing, history in the making. Oh, my goodness! And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Stream these events live on Peacock as they happen. Some content requires pit upgrade. In business, things move quickly. You have to be ready to shift, pivot, adapt, then do it all over again. Comcast Business gives you fast, reliable internet on the nation's largest gig speed network. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. Wow, that was fast. So no matter what comes next, you can do more than bounce back. You can bounce forward. Offer ends 11-15-20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.